Uh, anyway, hi, this is uh, Sam. Uh, I'm doing the thing that I've been doing quite a lot lately, actually, and doing the anchoring of the show. This is the show for Saturday, October 1st, 2022. It is like, bleh, it's 2125 UTC as I'm recording this. But uh, on Thursday evening US time, uh, I could do it, but Yvonne couldn't. On Friday evening, uh, U.S. time, I couldn't do it, so I don't even know if Yvonne could do it. And then I offered Yvonne, like, Saturday morning, and he's like, I can't do that either. Um, but we have agreed to try to do it Saturday evening, U.S. time, which would, of course, be Sunday, UTC, which is why I'm doing this anchoring thing. I know nobody out there cares, but I care, damn it. So. There you go. The, consider the show anchored, and uh, we'll do the, the little opening thingy, and then Yvonne and I will do the show for the week. Anyway, here, here, here's the thing. And here I am again, and now Yvonne is with me. Hello, Yvonne. Uh. <laughs> so we figured out our plan. Uh, we're going to do a but first segment. This is all Sam's fault. That's all I'm going to say. It, it, is it my fault? Yeah, I, everything is. Because I had something. I had something to do Friday, and then you couldn't do it Thursday, and then so now it's. Well, I didn't feel well on Thursday. Well, it's it, okay. It's just, Sunday UTC now. It is a few hours after I recorded that little bit at the beginning. It is Sunday around 3.11 UTC, um, but it's Saturday night in the U.S. So, yes. Go, go, go ahead, Yvonne. You were sick, though. I didn't feel well. I, I was very tired from just a, a lot of stuff. I, I just been, like, working way too hard. And I, I and I, I I will admit that I am stressed about a whole bunch of things happening at the same time. I will say that one thing that is stressing me out is that I have a deadline to submit our our taxes mm. for last year that I asked for an extension, you know, in, in a couple of weeks. Okay. And the problem is that I am way behind on that from where I usually have been. Okay. Gotcha. Um uh and uh I mean, usually, and of course, your taxes are nice and complex. They're not like the simple kind. Exactly, and so I am well behind on that, and I need to make sure that I get this shit done. Um, because I, I promised that I was going to take Manu's essentials, and I have to go on a business trip this Monday. Uh, mm. I, I'm actually going on a business trip. It's going to be pretty short. I'm flying out on Monday and coming back on Wednesday. But still, that means that I'm going to be out of town. So basically, I have to get this somehow done um, in the next uh, seven to eight days. And I'm way mm -hmm. well behind or normally have been. So that I, I have to admit that that's stressing me out. OK, and I have not been able to get to it. And then I've had a whole bunch of things going on all at the same time. And I might have to go to Las Vegas after I come back from Los Angeles, which okay. is okay. is is. Is honestly, I, I uh, 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 my company has a very big event in Las Vegas, and originally, well, 
I don't know. They they didn't really make me like try to sign up people to go to the event. But the thing is, the event for our company, people go to it. They see it announced, and a lot of people just like to go. And we haven't had okay. one since the pandemic started. This is the first one that we're going to have. And lo and behold, a lot of my customers signed up to go. Okay. And yep. the thing is that I was like, well, obviously, we're trying to limit how many employees go to one of these things, right? I mean, we just... It just, I mean, it just gets, I mean, the, the tap for this just really gets crazy, okay, for this damn event, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. because there's hotels, events, there's a concert, all, all, I mean, all of this crap, right? I mean, it's just, you know, I'm pretty sure that there's got to be north of 10,000 people attending this thing, at least, at least, probably 20,000, okay, okay. as far as I can tell, okay? And so you add all those people up. It's it's expensive, okay. So, um, so I don't know. I, I I'm like right now. I'm not sure if I am going to go. I saw the one thing is I'm going to have a lot of my customers at the same place at once. So you might as well go talk to them. That, well, that's the thing because I'm like, there's a few of them that I haven't actually met in person, and and you know, there's a good number of them that I haven't met in person. And I'm like, and they're not in the same place. So it's like, well, I mean, this could be like a big time saver for me in terms of going there and, you know, meeting with multiple customers at the same time instead of, mm-hmm. you know, having to, you know, who knows when I'll meet them. And so I don't know. I mean, if I, I, I really, I mean, really objectively, Forget about maybe there might be some friends there I see or whatever, whatnot. I really don't want to go to Vegas. <laughs> gotcha. I really gotcha. don't want to go to Vegas. Um, but I might have to. And the worst thing is that if I have to do it, the way it's going to work is that I will fly back from Los Angeles on Sunday because I can't. Oh, well, people said, well, if you're going to be in LA, just pop over to Vegas. Well, I can't take Manu with me to frickin' to the the damn event. Because you are not in L.A. for work. You are in L.A. to go to Disneyland. That's right. So I have to to bring Manu back. I'm not going to send him to fly back by himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's... I I mean, that is done, but no. I'm not going to put Manu back on a plane to come home by himself. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I have to fly back here. That, that means I'm flying back to the West Coast the next day in the morning. I will. I would land here at night, and then I would have to go back to the freaking airport and get on a plane to go back to the West Coast the right bright and early. That does not sound fun. No! No! And I'm not used to traveling like that anymore. And so, you know, this is like, I mean, I have one trip this week. I have the other trip. I have my taxes. I have customers. Vegas. Look, I don't know. It's getting to me. Right. The the stress is getting to me. And I had this headache that I couldn't shake. And the only way I got it to go away on Thursday night was by downing two Aleve and two Tylenol at the same time. That's okay. the only way it went away. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was like, Sam, I was going to do the show, but I was like, after taking that with the headache I had, I really felt very drained. 
I, I, I don't know. There, I've had this before. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's not a migraine, but it's kind of like a migraine because it wasn't as sharp as that. It was like a bad tension headache. But I don't know any of you that have ever had a migraine and recover from it. But even after the headache goes away, you have the sensation of just like when you get over something physically of a physical illness that you're just left exhausted by. It. Right. right. And, and so, uh, yeah, like you're no longer sick, but you're still wiped out by whatever it was. Correct. Exactly. Wiped out is the exact perfect term for it. Yeah. And so I just felt like, okay, great. But my, my, my headache went away like at some time at 10 to 30 after I downed all those pills. But I felt wiped out. Because, I mean, I, I had it all day. I took shit in the morning. It didn't do anything. I worked all day. And then I felt worse by mm-hmm. now. So, anyway. I got to so, get some of this I, shit off my plate, basically. I, I need to, you know, tomorrow... Uh, afternoon i'm i'm gonna pack but i'm also gonna try to see you know probably if i do put in a couple of hours into my tax stuff i can probably make some good headway tomorrow um gotcha and so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to focus on doing that tomorrow see if i can get make some headway if i make some good headway tomorrow probably then by the time i come back next weekend i could just get it all you know hammered away and then it's it's off my plate so anyway sorry so that's why we're doing this now and and i realized like i hadn't even finished the agenda when you jumped in with that so this is our butt first well this is our butt first yvonne is doing his part i'll do mine in a second we are going to have an entire segment on the hurricane uh hurricane ian ian right is that ian Ian? yeah it's not ivan thank god it's ian um, there, and, uh, I then, believe and Ivan then, uh, is a hurricane name is retired. It hit, uh, yeah. yes, I, I'm yeah. One that hit St. Thomas like 25 years ago. Very okay. And we are then going to do an international segment where we talk about Ukraine and Russia and Iran and the UK and what are, oh Italy maybe. Yeah, I forgot about, I forgot about fucking UK. What a shit show that week. And the <laughs> stock market this week. Oh my God. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. That's also probably not helping my headache. Yeah. It well, And, and, you know, we have decided to skip a domestic segment this time. There have been more Donald Trump special master developments, the January 6th hearing was delayed, but they interviewed Jenny Thomas. You know, there, there are you know, there domestic things going on. They, they, they avoided another shutdown. But we didn't feel like too excited about any of them. So not excited. And we've talked about them before. So uh, we will skip that. We'll just do the, the hurricane and the international after this, but first. Mm-hmm. So I guess Yvonne kind of did his butt first. Well, so, well, that wasn't really yeah. butt first. I was just explaining why we're doing it. <laughs> I guess it's hard to do butt first, but to add, to but oh, okay, you have something else. I have something else. I watched okay, a go. movie. Ooh, you watched a movie. What I, did you watch? I rewatched. I gotta admit, I'm sure that I haven't watched it in like thirty plus years. There's an old early 1960s movie called Fail Safe. Okay, did you ever watch this movie? I, I believe you have spoken about it on the show, and I have not seen this movie in its entirety. I know about bits and pieces of it, but I have not seen it. I mean, I mentioned it before, probably in some context, because or whatever. But I, but I, but I decided I went and I'm like, I've been thinking about. Well, I don't think I've ever watched it in the 21st century for sure. And so I went and I, I, I found, I, I found it online, and I, and I, and I got it. It is on, it is on Apple. 
okay. for purchase. Um, and um, so I did rewatch it. And I, I have to admit that I, I the one thing uh, that I realized is that the I didn't remember very well how it started. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's the one thing. I mean, the rest, you know, through rest and through the ending, I do, I did remember it. Uh, 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 I mean, is it, is it, is there spoilers for a 19th movie from 1962? Warn people spoilers. If you don't want to hear about fail safe, move forward. I will be okay with it. Like I have not seen it. I probably will see it at some point in the future, but I will let you spoil. I mean, I, I I don't know where it's ranked in terms of significant movies. Uh, you know, historically, I know there was a remake recently. I, I think with George Clooney, um, mm. in, in, involved in it. Um, but it, it's, I mean, the the cast is, I mean, Jesus. When I, I was looking at the the titles, okay, and um. The cast is a who's who of like big time actors in this movie. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's 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 crazy. Henry Fonda, Walter Matthau, Larry Hagman, uh, Dom DeLuise uh, has a, 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 a another role in it, but you know, just those guys. I mean, between Henry Fonda, Walter Matthau. Uh, and and Larry Hagman. I mean, those are three big time stars in, mm. in this movie that had significant roles in the movie. They weren't just like you know cameos. I mean, yeah, you know, they were they were the main characters of the of of the film. Um, and so um, and so the the movie basically is um. It's a movie about the Cold War. Uh, Fail safe talks to a point where, where uh, U.S. strategic bombers, in case of a in case of a situation, would go to this point called the fail safe point, where they would orbit there until they got orders that either situation that was a problem cleared, or they were to proceed to go bomb Russia. Basically, at that time, right? So, well, back then I could properly call it the Soviet Union. So I keep calling it. The damn Soviet Union, like right now, I might as well call it Soviet Union when it was really the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, um, and, and so uh, something happens that um, a failure happens at the failsafe point with one of the groups, and whatever situation was happening, which was with an with an aircraft that was detected by air defenses, that was unidentified. When they finally identified, there's a there's a commercial airliner that was off course. Um, and so false alarm, no problem. Bombers leave the fail safe points. Some kind of like a problem happens. The, 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 the airplanes receive their orders, not verbally, but via this, uh, encryption device, ele- electronic device. that sends a right. code to the aircraft to say, Hey, you've got a go code check, check to validate that this is a real go code. The people on the plane checked, and it was a real go code, and then they proceeded to start an attack on the Soviet Union. And the the target for this Group 6 was Moscow directly, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, the situation, you know, all of a sudden, the generals discover, well, why the hell are those planes coming back? And why the hell can't we talk to them in the air? And apparently the whole thing happened that the, the Russians were testing some kind of jamming uh, uh, system and 
it worked a lot better than expected. And it may have been that that caused a malfunction that was part of malfunction, but also they had, they tried frantically to call the, the, the planes to come back, but, but, and the planes were trying to call to confirm the orders, but the Russians were jamming transmissions. And so they couldn't not, not, they, not, neither communication, neither way was, 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 was working. Um, you know, the, 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 they, they try to knock them down. They actually send fighters from the U S to try to knock them down. They actually, you know, flew and even ran out of fuel trying to bring them down. They couldn't, the Russians were first, ah, whatever it, it, it became a negotiation, you know, between the Russian president, pr- Russian premier and the U S president with a translator translator was Harry Hagman. President was Henry Fonda. Uh, 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 and they, the U.S. president basically, you know, because we couldn't call him and shoot him down, offers to help the Russians shoot him down. And at first they they reject the aid. No, 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 we're fine. We'll deal with it. Um, but the planes actually start getting through. They finally accept the U.S. aid. But two of the the planes in the group get through. And um, at one point, the press is negotiating with a premier from Russia and is like, what are you going to do? They're going to obliterate Moscow. And they actually advise them to leave. And uh, the president decides because it's an accident by us. He had ordered one of his most trusted general, who's somebody that went to college with him, it's found out during the movie, to take a, take a strategic bomber himself and fly it over New York. And if they couldn't stop the planes for him to drop nuclear weapons on New York City ap- right after the destruction of Moscow in order to yep. prevent an escalation of the conflict and so that they would know that it was an accident and so therefore we wouldn't have World War I, III. I'm remembering that I've definitely seen like, uh, the last five I, minutes I, of this movie. The, the thing about the movie the is that um, it's not one with a lot of special effects or anything, whatever. Most of it takes place just in two locations. One is a room, uh, a, a communication room that the president is sitting just with his translator there. And he's talking to all the generals. He's in, he's in actually went down to some secure level at the white house. So he could mm-hmm. have the communication. And, uh, and then there is a, there is a room at the Pentagon where a group of people are, in conference communicating with the president and another room at Offutt Air Force Base where the people that actually are doing it. Um, not special effects, no music. It's black and white. Um, you know, uh, I, I mean, the, the, it always gets to me that, you know, the, 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 the general that goes and flies the mission over New York to do it basically tells the the rest of the crew, listen, I'm the one dropping the bombs. None of you touch any of this. This is my doing and so forth. And I think the one thing that is always unexpected to me, more spoilers, by the way, is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that general is so right after he drops the bombs, he immediately injects himself and commits suicide. Right. Because, you know, I mean, he just dropped a couple of bombs in New York City. And the president actually knew his wife and his child were in New York City when he did this. So it's, a, it, it's I, I think that the way that the drama is handled, the communication, the tension, and how some of the people during it break down, how some of the people are advocating some of the, you know, the, the president's asking for advice. Some of the generals are advocating 
No, we go full. We just obliterate the Soviet Union. We we go in on a full first strike. No, we we no, we have to help them. We have to say there's an accident. And how that entire tension about what to do in a war. One of them was talking about uh, Walter Matthau was an analyst, and his whole point was, oh, we can have a winnable nuclear war with acceptable losses. And now the generals are saying, you're out of your mind. We go to nuclear war. We're generals. You know what? We're, we're not going to just bomb the military. We're going to try to annihilate it. Everything. It, it, it doesn't work that way. And so there was a big debate in the movie was where there was a winnable nuclear war. Uh, so anyway, think about, I mean, I don't know. This movie's so old, 60 years old. And I know that right now we're having all this discussion with uh, with uh, our, our buddy Putin threatening nukes like right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, because of, uh, of the Ukraine conflict. And it's just how some of this shit still a worry today. My right. rating thumbs up. Look, I think this is a very well done movie. It still holds up very well. And I think that the acting in the movie was just everything was very well done. Uh, and so I give it a thumbs up. Yeah. So thumbs up. Um, and for, for anybody who doesn't know, it was also based on a novel. So you can read the novel too. I haven't read the novel. I haven't watched the movie. Uh, as I said a few minutes ago, like I am pretty sure, like I, I know I've seen the last five minutes of the movie. Like it's, it's really tense, dramatic last five minutes, but I don't think I've seen the rest. I I don't think think I've seen the the one thing I got to say that that the scene in the last five minutes that, that, that really, I mean, they don't show the explosions or anything, but the one Mm -hmm. they do that is just, is really dramatic is that uh, the president has the ambassador of the United States in Moscow on the phone at the same time as they have the uh, Russian ambassador to the UN in New York on the phone. And what they were saying is, how will we know Moscow is destroyed is because a very high-pitched shrill sound will come through the line when the bomb hits. Okay, that's what Mm -hmm. they said. And so all of a sudden, the U.S. ambassador in Moscow says, well, I can hear bombs because they told him, look, you probably will hear the anti-aircraft or whatever defense systems going off. And so we'll hear the explosions. So the ambassador also reports, oh, I can hear the explosions or whatever. Uh, and all of a sudden, this really high-pitched shrill sound comes through. That's just this very deafening. And then the president just switch, uh, switches it off and you know that Moscow got hit. Right. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, the, the New York bombing happens. It's just, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's a very dramatic ending. Um, and I, I think it's just the, uh, the ethical quandary of what to do at that moment also. Right. Is, uh, it's just, it's, it's very, it's, there's a lot of psycho psychological play as to what do you react? How do people react uh, about this? Um, you know, there was a lot of distrust, but also what the hell is the right decision to do to end something like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the president asked them, "Is like, look, I offered to do, I offered to do this in New York. Are you just going to take my word for it? And, you know, 
the Russian premier said, would you be okay if we bombed New York first and you would just take our word for it? And you were like, no. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's a it's a must watch. I I I I, I would say a, a historic movie, nineteen sixty four, and the novel was from sixty two. Yeah, um, so big huge thumbs up if you haven't seen this. Go. It, it was it. overshadowed that year because the same year, Doctor Strange Love came out. Yeah, and it was way overshadowed by that movie. Totally different tone. Uh. Uh, uh, of the movies is this was far more uh uh serious in tone and i mean dr strange love was a satire so right yeah so. okay my turn i guess yep so you know i, I, had, a, I had a couple other things i might have mentioned uh but alex wanted me to make sure that i talked about the dart mission uh which is uh, where you know NASA crashed a spacecraft into an asteroid to oh, see yeah, if they could yeah, move yeah. it. Well, here's the thing. So I saw all of that. Yeah. Did it work? Well, they, they there there are a couple things. Wait, and, and what? And this mini segment in the but first just happens to be the mini segment. I agreed to, wait, no, that dad agreed to let me do with him in exchange for him getting to watch the video. So anyway. Yeah, 20 seconds. What? I, I, I had made a deal. He, he, I wanted to watch the, the actual live thing where the spacecraft hit the asteroid, right? Okay. And, you know, Alex was in the middle of watching whatever he was watching. And he's it like, the video that made me want pizza. Okay. And he was like, okay, fine. You can watch this thing. But if you watch this thing, then when you talk about it on the podcast, you know, he has to be able to comment too. Um, so you, to a- answer your question, did it work? Uh, they don't know yet. Okay. Okay. So that's a question. When will that's they know? Good, uh, a couple weeks. Okay. They, they have to take detailed, uh, detailed observations of the orbit and how it's changed. Now here's the thing, you know, they, if we know just from the math of it, that, conservation of momentum etc it should work right and also and also we rammed a comet a few years ago and did see that we changed its orbit a little bit yeah 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 i'm pretty i know the math says it works i just want to make sure that you know the the observation you know but the reason we're doing it for real is well that's the math and the whole thing and and again we 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 did it with a comet a few years ago and it did change the orbit. So we kind of know it works in person as well. But the thing is, the, the comet, that was a side effect. They were they were crashing right, that the wasn't spacecraft. What they, were, right. they were crashing the spacecraft into the comet in order to test various things about the composition of the comet and blah, 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 blah. But it also did, did nudge the comet a little bit. Um, but um, the thing is, the composition matters too. Like this is a rocky asteroid. It was an icy comet. It's a different kind of thing. One of the things they didn't know was was this particular asteroid lit because uh, it was it was 
it was actually a small rock orbiting a larger rock. Uh, but they didn't really know, like, was it actually a solid thing or was it just a pile of rubble? Uh, it looks like it's just a pile of rubble. Um, uh, it, uh, you know, when, when, when Alex and I made this agreement, by the way, I was like, okay, the thing is due to hit in, I forget, it was like 40 minutes or something. So I was like, okay, we'll set a 30 minute timer. And so we'll watch the last 10 minutes of this thing. Five, 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 whatever the, but then the timer went off and I'm like, what's that going off for? I, I, I. Uh, did oh, I set a timer for something? Well, this is what happens Probably after we're 50. Too. Yeah, I know. Well. <laughs> yeah, and so like, you know, I didn't switch the channel. We were still watching the thing, what whatever Alex's show was. And and then the video like pizza. Yeah, video with show. video with a pizza whatever. And and then a, a few minutes later, I'm like, "Oh, I remember. We were going to watch the asteroid." And I, I get out of whatever we're watching. I bring on YouTube where, you know, I what, I got out of the thing. I went to the history. I found the thing where I found the thing. I brought it up and we we were just in time. Like we saw the last 20 seconds or so before the thing hit. Um, and one uh -huh. of the one of the interesting things, one of the interesting things here is that there actually was like a live feed. This was not like, you know, sometime later well, you the, see still. Well, pictures. how much was the delay from, 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 from. Well, given where this thing was, it was like, a, you know, 30 seconds after live. Or okay. Something. Not bad. Okay. Not bad. Okay. You know, it, it wasn't like, you know, when we're doing Mars or whatever, and there's like, you know, eight, 10, however many minutes, like after the fact. And, no, th and this was, you know, it was going at like, in until the last couple seconds, it was going at several frames per second, you know, like this, you know, it wasn't quite like your iPhone video, but it was, it was close. You saw like, boom, 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 as the thing gets closer. And then, then it slowed down. The last couple frames were like two seconds or something. But like before that, it was like smoother. And, um, and, and you see the thing rush up on the asteroid and then the signal cut out when it hits, you know, it, it was exciting. It was, it was fun stuff. And then what I would say is even cooler, actually. I mean, I, first of all, that I was watched really a cool. replay. I, I mean, I, I did not, I didn't realize you could watch it live. I, I watched a replay. So yeah, it, it, the afterwards, like the, the live thing was cool. Let's not, let's not, it, it was, it was really cool, but they pointed like, lots and lots of telescopes at this thing. And you also ended up getting really good video, not live, but processed later of like after the impact, the debris cloud that came up yes. from this. Yes. Thing. I did see that. Yes. And you know, most of the, if you see the, 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 the various videos of that you see out, they're actually sped up a little bit, but it's still like, you know, the thing smacks it, you get a bright light and then like a cloud of dust coming out of it. It's really freaking cool. I know, you know. I did see that. I, I, I did see that. And I thought, damn, that's cool. I was like, uh, yeah. And, and yeah. so, and uh, they said like within like an hour, the debris cloud was the size of the earth. Wow. So like, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it produced more of an effect than like 
as a layman, I would have guessed like, cause the, the, the thing they ran into, it wasn't that big. I mean, and the, the rock they hit was a few hundred meters uh, across or something. So you would have thought, thought, you know, okay, it hits it. Boom. You know, and maybe it moves or whatever, a big crash, but it was, you know, it was hitting it at considerable speed. And, um, and the thing was made up of, you know, loosely packed gravel essentially. So basically you hit it with this thing. It goes, boom, spreads all over the place. Some of the videos um, of that impact were really cool. And also some of the analysis that people were doing, like I I was following some scientists on Twitter going back and forth uh, in real time reaction to it. Cause one of the thing, one of the pictures showed um, filaments like in what was coming out afterwards. So it wasn't just like a uniformly distributed like splash and like the rocks splashed out in all directions, but there were little filaments of like denser areas in the cloud that developed and they were going back and forth on what they thought was causing that and whatever, because like, you know, if you, because people have done experiments, you know, on earth and stuff, if you just like drop a rock into a, you know, into water or a pile of sand or whatever, the stuff that comes up out of it goes in a very specific way. And that's not what happens here because apparently there's enough local reaction between all the little bits that the, they pull on each other as well. And you get these filaments and, and they were going back and forth on why they thought they were and what that meant and blah, blah, blah. It's just really cool watching the real time science happening. And there'll, there'll be all kinds of papers and stuff later written. Science! And within a, within a week or two, they'll tell us and, oh yes, it did cause the asteroid to change course by this much or blah, blah, blah. And with it, it, or it didn't, or it wasn't, it changed, but not quite what we expected. And because there's a range, right? Because one of the things they didn't know was like how, like I said, was it solid? Was it granular? Was it what, you know, and that affects like how that would all work. And so, you know, they're going to test their predictions and, uh, you know, maybe next year we'll, we'll kill some other asteroid, you know, they're alive. So, Anyway, I, I just thought it was really cool. Don't forget, don't forget. Yes, your long fifteen-minute conversation with Amy about it. What? Oh, uh, Alex's sister came in sort of towards the end of this and was like, "Oh, this is cool," and kept asking questions, and I answered her and stuff. Oh, okay. Then I left to do stuff up here for the fifteen minutes. We're paying attention to that and refusing to restart <laughs> my video. Yes, because I watched a whole bunch of the co- commentary and stuff after it happened too, not just the impact itself. Which is way more boring. Anyway. Anyway. Space stuff. Oh, and Space! Meanwhile, meanwhile, I guess that moon rocket has been delayed multiple times, and- most recently by the hurricane. So, Well, yeah, the hurricane kind of like put up. A- well, it, it was having leaks and stuff, and they were fixing that, and then they then the hurt. You know, so. I, 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 I don't understand. You know, I think these leaks, I really don't understand. I think this, you know, there is this thing I keep seeing on TV. I don't know if you've seen the ads for it called Flex Seal. I don't know why they didn't just Flex Seal the whole damn thing. We're done. Come on, duct tape. I know Flex Seal is better. I mean, you see, they, they put a boat. They, they made a boat out of Flex Seal. 
I've seen people make a boat out of duct tape too. So, you know. You know, they took pieces of glass and they just flex sealed them together and damn it, it's a boat. Yeah. Plain made out. They'll, they'll, they'll get that thing up eventually. But, eventually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let us take a but break. Also, also, also. Yeah, yes. I last thing. First. It's a very, very, very short but first. Better be. Come on. One sentence. Yes. Hi. Mm. Earned a mental health day. Congratulations. What? <laughs> um, Washington State passed a law last year. Apparently, my wife actually voted for it, uh, enabling like schools to accept like students needing a mental health day as a legitimate excuse from school under certain circumstances. It's not just like they can say it's a mental health day. The parents have to approve their blah, blah, blah. And each, each individual school system can develop additional rules around it. But the basic idea is like there, you know, there are circumstances where, you know, having uh you know, a, a kid is having issues or stress or whatever and really could just benefit by taking a day off of school and it actually would be okay. Um, just, just as much as if they're, you know, having a fever or a stomach ache or whatever, that mental health is really health and under certain circumstances. Well, I, I have zero okay. doubts that your son could use a few mental health. <laughs> well, and, and so he's, since the moment he found out about this, he's been scamming to try to get a mental health. I day. haven't been scamming. I made, a reasonable agreement yeah, with in the end. Yeah, in yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. A sure. reasonable Whatever. agreement where I have the seven day average for being on time. Reasonable. For being on the seven day average for being at school has to be at 8 15, no, 8 13 or lower. Yes. And anyway. And I did that this week. Because I was normally going to school for the first three days. Didn't, the you, last didn't two, you say one sentence? I got in yeah, this is really many early. sentences. This is okay. more than one sentence. Yeah, yeah yes, we need no, to stop. Okay, okay, bye. Okay. No, we're not okay. extending uh, anything. Okay, we're done. We're out. Anyway, the point was... Hey, he, 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 uh, uh, the point... The point was that uh, for as soon as he found out about this, he was trying to figure out how to get mental health days and wanted to take them and wanted to take them every day. And we were like, no, no, no. We finally made we finally made a deal with him on certain conditions under which he could get one and how infrequent they had to be. Well, every day should be a mental health day. Don't get me wrong, but you You can't take them every day, but you can't. Earn them every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each anyway, anyway, we are taking. We're out of here. We are taking. Ah, 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 ah. Ten mental health ah. We are. We are taking a break now, and we are moving on. We will talk about the hurricane when we're back. This break is a random wiki of the day from last week. Actually, I had picked it last week, and we didn't use it. Okay, here comes the random wiki of the day. I will leave. The mic open for the random wiki of the... What? What? One of your... But first, how you rearranged your desk. No, I did not talk about that because I talked about Dart instead. So, oh well. Anyway, here comes the random wiki of the day. And yeah, I'll leave the the mics open in case we want to react in any way. Do, do, do. Hello, this is Olivia Neural. 
I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties, popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day. They just pick the articles differently. This week on Random Wiki of the Day, you would have heard this summary for Sinking Creek, Turnback Creek Tributary. Sinking Creek is a stream in Lawrence and Dade counties of southwest Missouri. It is a tributary of Turnback Creek. The stream sources in the northeast corner of Lawrence County at 37 degrees 1655 and 93 degrees 4054 W. The confluence with Turnback Creek in southeast Dade County is at 37 degrees 2219 and 93 degrees 4738 W. The stream flows past the southwest edge of Everton and the village of Pilgrim. The St. Louis-San Francisco Railway follows the stream valley. Sinking Creek was named for its status as a losing stream. That's it. See? Fun, entertaining, and educational, right? Okay, now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, or just go to wikioftheday.com to check out our archives. Now back to Curmudgeon's Corner. Do-do-do. I, I have nothing at all to add to that one. It was it, like a uh, creek in Missouri I, or whatever. I, I, it was I have not, nothing, nothing it at was, all to add. It was not entertaining. It was not, yeah, no. I, I liked the old, like, outro that was, like, twice the length of the actual thing better than half of it being at the beginning and half of it well, being at the end. This is the, the this beginning. is the curmudgeon's corner version, not the version that's on, on actually on Wiki of the Day. Anyway, there's, Nice there's Creek in Missouri. Yes, there's a difference. What do you mean there's a difference? This is the one that says, hey, for curmudgeon's listeners, go check out Wiki of the Day, oh, which it does not say. On the actual, yes. Yes. Know. Okay. But yeah, you were obviously paying so much attention. Okay. You're out of here now. Bye. Okay. Hurricane, as as chaos ensues, um, Hurricane Ian. Hurricane Ian. Uh, well, so, let me say a couple of things about Hurricane Ian since I was in the cone. In, in Florida, in the cone. In, in you you had some so you had some outer effects, but you were not in the you know. In we the had worst. some tornadoes and stuff that that touched down and had some minor damage, like in certain areas, and we had some minor, you know, we had some short power outages. Like my parents lost power for about an hour. That's about it. But mm-hmm. but nothing not nothing really significant. But there's some some down trees, down branches, some some cars that got some damage. But but that's it. But um. But the the thing about as it was approaching, um, I will say that my wife with other big hurricanes has been scared because the storm has actually gotten pretty big early. And so there was a lot of warning fairly ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Now, we were out of the cone pretty early. Okay. Um, so... I, I think from the first day that we were in the cone, the next day we were out of the cone and we were never back in the cone. But the one thing is that this storm intensified so quickly from being a freaking tropical storm to being a Cat 4, borderline Cat 5 hurricane in about 36 hours. Right. Okay. I mean, and... Now, know, now, to be clear... The forecasts included that it would have this kind of intensification. Yes, yes, yes. But 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 again, I think that is 
that is very fast. Okay. Yes. As this happened. So first thing, second thing, the initial forecasts, even after the cone changed at first had this hitting the Destin Tallahassee area. And then that forecast changed for it to hit Tampa. And then it veered further South Mm -hmm. towards where it came to be. Okay. So, it really changed a lot where people are expecting this storm to go um, over time. Um, the, I I don't feel, I, I, you know, people here did start preparing early. But the, the major outlier in terms of this preparation wound up being Lee County. Right. Um, and the thing is that Lee County has these barrier islands that um, are extremely vulnerable. They're very vulnerable. I've been to one of these. Uh, I went up to Siesta Key years back. I, I, I think I have been. I have been on Fort Myers Beach. Uh, I don't think I've been on Sanibel. But I've been on Fort Myers Beach. And the one thing that always strikes me, struck me, especially in Siesta Key and those types of barrier islands, is that unlike the beach here, or where I'm used to, even like in Puerto Rico and San Juan, it's very flat towards the ocean. Mm -hmm. There isn't really a... I mean, a storm surge can pretty much, you don't need a lot of feet of storm surge for the water to come in. Right, because everything's so flat to begin with. Yeah. And, uh, like, over here, you go to, uh, uh, once you cross the intercoastal, you get to where we are on the ocean here in Boca Raton. The drop from the road down to, uh, which is where buildings are, down to where the ocean is, probably... At, at at high tide, I'd say it's at least like ten to twelve feet. Still, something like that. Um, it, it's pretty big. So even if you would get um a storm surge, which it, it it's we're we're not we don't I'm not used to seeing this kind of like a of like a storm surge. But every time I went over there, I was just always amazed by the shit buildings that they built. They allowed to build on these (laughs) islands that I am just like, you know, what the, you know, how is any of this going to stand up to a fucking strong storm? Well, apparently the, my, 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 the question of mine has been answered very clearly. I mean, the fat houses, fucking were getting picked up and just floating down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people just in the barrier islands, and I, and I always, oh, well, I didn't, I, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to go. I didn't know where to go. Uh, and I'm like, well, and I'm like, look, you're living in such a low-lying island uh, area, and it's like, you know, apparently you could afford to gamble your life to die, but not to go somewhere. 
anywhere. Even if it's a mm. fucking parking lot somewhere, for God's sakes. You know, you're better off, you know, sleeping in a car in a parking lot somewhere 100 miles away rather than waiting it out and getting killed. Well, and, and they, you know, they pointed out, of course, a lot of people don't actually have cars. They This is have, bullshit. This they, is they Florida. Have, Everybody they, has a car. Don't no. get that crap. <laughs> no, no. Bullshit. Everybody <laughs> around here, even if it's a shit jalopy, nobody is going around, moving around Fort Myers Beach on fucking public transportation. Don't give me that shit. Anyway, don't give me that shit. There, oh, no. yeah. They ha- Listen. No. No, that's bullshit. Don't give me that crap. Who the hell walks around here? Do-do-do. For reference, an article in Fool.com from May 2022 lists the percentage of households with at least one vehicle by state. For Florida, that number is 93.9%, meaning that 6.1% of Florida households do not have a car. The percentage in the areas directly impacted by Hurricane Ian may be different, of course, but there are indeed a non-trivial number of Floridians that do not have cars. Do do do. There are people who for whom transportation is uh, difficult. There are elderly people. There that are all kinds of people. That's a very small minority, and and, now, and even for those people, there was shit. Oh, listen, for those people that are vulnerable and elderly, there were there, there were evacu there were evacuation services offered if you were yeah, that if you were they, that they, they, So that's not. But the problem know. the problem is that they delayed. The problem was that they delayed, but also the problem is that still these people don't take it seriously. Well, I, I heard a lot of people on TV, like in the interviews afterwards saying, well, basically the bottom line being like, we heard it was going to Tampa. And so we yep. apparently just turned it, turned it off, decided it was didn't matter because we were going to be south of it. And so stop paying attention. Basically. Yeah. Where, whereas That's- in, whereas in fact, like. There was plenty of time after they which... were under hurricane watches and warnings there. Yeah. Even though they said that maybe the eye was going up there. It wasn't like, you know. Well, and, and even even in those areas, even if even if the earlier forecasts said, okay, Tampa was gonna get like 12 foot surges. They were still gonna get were, six foot. They were gonna still get a get a big exact. surge. They were still gonna get a significant amount. And apparently, I I the New York Times had an article. I shared it on Twitter and such. Um, Lee County had a plan. Yep. They had a plan that they developed. They spent a lot of time on it. They thought through it. People were careful about it. And basically it, it does things like balance what the chances are versus how big the surge is going to be versus right. whatever. They had a whole little matrix of when they should issue uh, various levels of evacuation warnings from the, maybe you should consider it to the mandatory everybody out right now. Um, and basically, you know, for the barrier islands and some of those low lying areas, even a 10% chance Means was you enough had to, to evacuate, right? Was enough to evacuate because the risk was so great. Like, okay, maybe there's only a 10% chance it'll happen, but if it happens, it's going to be really fucking bad. That's right. And so get the hell out, even if the chances are low. And they decided this. They had the whole matrix. They had the whole plan. When they hit that level, the powers that be in the county basically said, well, yeah, it says we should evacuate now, but let's wait till morning to see how it looks. 
And basically, they lost at least 12 hours, maybe 24 hours. 24 hours, basically. Where, because where everybody they, else ordered, you know, that had evacuation orders, did, did it like 24 hours before they did. Yeah. And so a lot of people, you know, that's 24 hours where you could have been making the case to everybody about how serious it was and how they needed to get out and blah, blah, blah. And organizing the things that you were talking about in terms of like, okay, you got to, you got to evacuate a nursing home. You need extra resources for it or whatever. You, you, you deal with that and you organize it and get people out and, you know, and, but no, they, they, you know, the fact that they waited that additional 24 hours made it a lot more difficult for them to do what they needed to do. And, and again, a lot of people, if they were paying attention at all, were like, well, it's too late now. I guess I'm hunkering down. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got, uh, you know, you know, the, the massive amounts of destruction would happen no matter what you're not, you're not going to change that. But the number of dead that we've gotten is like insane. Yeah, the the number of dead and the numbers are still going up constantly as they're finding more people. Uh, so I, I don't even remember what the last, I think the last number I heard was 70 something across the whole area. Yep. yep. Um, but I'm sure that'll go higher still. Um, and, you know, a decent chunk of those people might have been saved if, the Lee County government had 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 better messaging around this and had started saying to get out earlier. Now, even then, you still got lots of people who are going to be like ignoring whatever guidance is given. You're you're always going to have that, but there's certainly some people who, if they'd been told earlier, at least those people more probably maybe have, maybe have tuned it out. You yeah. know, I, I mean, and again, I, I I was stunned by some of these interviews that were just like, it seems like they listened to one news report about it, like 72 hours out or something and decided that they weren't in danger and didn't pay attention to any of the updates after that. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like, this is, these are a dynamic situation. And I, I guess, I don't know if it's communication, if it's people just not, not, I mean, obviously it's people not paying attention, but you know, these things, we are not at a point in science that you can look at a hurricane a week out and say exactly what's going to happen. So it's yeah. important in these situations. You know, they put out updates every six hours. You, you know, pay attention I, to the damn updates. I went and when I heard that we were in the cone, I went to at least to fuel up my car. Uh, we made sure that, you know, I was checking our water situation where I was like, do I need to buy water? And I realized that we, I forgot that we've developed a system where we don't need to go out, buy bottled water anymore. We have these very big jugs that, uh, okay. that are, are, are for, uh, bottled water, like, you know, whatever that we can fill up that, that, that we can fill up easily at home. Uh, in order to store water. And we have about, I don't know, 30 uh, reusable, refillable uh, individual oh. bottle uh, bottles as well. So simply we were like, okay, great. So we've got the two five gallon, you know, we've got the two 10 gallon, 
got about 10 gallons, the, you know, uh, jugs. We got the 30 individual uh, units. We have actually some small bottle water just in case. And we'll fill up some buckets and whatever, whatnot with extra water just in case in terms of flushing a toilet or something or whatever in case, you know, so we'll, we'll do that. So we had, so we, so, so we had a plan. Okay. Right. And look, we're not in a flood zone. We're not in a, 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 a place where we have to worry about storm surge. And, you know, our structure is, has a relatively new roof, you know, built to the latest code for South Florida, which is a lot stronger than theirs. And we have, we have impact glass. Okay. We don't even have to put up shutters. Okay. And so, and I'm doing that prep. And what I don't understand is these people living on a fucking barrier Island in a fucking shack or a trailer and they're like, eh, it's fine. No big deal. I don't understand how cavalier they are with these damn storms still to this day. Well, and, and, and also just, you know, a number of people asked, you know, how are these, how are they even allowed to build these things here? And all kinds of insurance companies have pulled out. So the state insurance is all kinds of things going on. But like some let's, of these, some of these areas, the right answer might be put a park there or something. But people, some of them are not living a, there. Well, well, over here, for example, a big chunk in like places like that is a park. Yeah, I mean, you know, in certain places, yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, by the way, there are a number of those homes that I know are either w- are without insurance at all. Right. Okay. Um, they can't insure. They can get flood, I think. But it, 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 look, there is a state insurance crisis right, right, right now with uh, property insurance in the state. Uh, our governor basically has not taken it seriously and done anything about it at this point. In, in this, you know, we 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 keep having insurance companies fold. Uh, a lot of people had called for a special session. He called a special session not to deal with insurance, but to deal with his pet, you know, projects, you know, the stupid, Mm -hmm. like, you know, stupid, like culture war shit, not, not anything, you know, about about that. Um, and so, uh, we keep having a number of insurance companies fold. And today I, I, I saw because, DeSantis actually earlier this week praised Biden. I was like shocked because of his, <laughs> you know, being calling up and just making sure that we had resources lined up in order to help with hurricane recovery and so forth. And, you know, right. You know, I mean, he was trying to be proactive, you know, about this, given what happened in Puerto Rico as well. And he was being proactive with Puerto Rico as well. And like, uh, you, you know, he's, He's stopping these games that have been being played with aid for, for storms. Like the aid to Puerto Rico was sent and this thing that there had to be a local portion, he, he eliminated it, uh, which was typical before. So we didn't have this, this thing, but then I see him today. I see DeSantis on, on TV today talking about, he's mostly talking about insurance and, and basically what he was trying to do was more posturing about the insurance what he was trying okay. to say oh well this is all flood it's all flood i mean he was basically trying to say 
well, if you had the storm, but you've got stuff of whatever happening and there's wind coming in and whatever, and the water level races up to two feet in the house. Well, it's a flood. It's all flood. Mm -hmm. By the way, because there is a big, listen, the last couple of storms, there have been very big lawsuits related to whether the event that happened was a flood or it was supposed to be covered by the hurricane coverage. It's called windstorm protection. Okay. Right. And I know that what my recent policies that I got have this thing called wind driven rain. Now that they wrote into the policies mm-hmm. in order to try to make sure that there wasn't uh, a loophole in between. Was it a flood or was it a hurricane? Okay. But DeSantis now, because he knows the insurance companies are on their ass, basically was trying to say, kind of push it into, well, it's all flood. Now, if it's flood, remember, who pays for the flood insurance? The feds. Correct. That's right. And so I'm just like, man, the son of a bitch just cannot, even in the middle of a fucking disaster, is still playing games. I thought maybe he was going to talk about, well, we know that the insurance companies, you know, are struggling. We need to work at it and see how we fix it. No, no, no. He's just playing. He's just playing games with, with it on TV. I was just like, oh, my God, I, this motherfucker. And I just strangled. No, I hate, I hate you, Ron DeSantis. So um, I, I guess. The question is, one one of the things that keeps coming up with these things is, okay, some of these areas have been completely wiped out at this point. Do you actually say at the end of it, okay, let's let's maybe not rebuild the same way. Maybe Listen, we do turn it into a This is the debate that is happening not just in Florida, but I was reading about this specifically happening in California with like mm-hmm. communities hit by, by massive wildfires. Yep. And that are areas that are vulnerable that we know are very vulnerable. What are we, why are we just going and rebuilding directly in these places that we know are that vulnerable? Yeah. Um, I and really, that, I really that, truly believe that you shouldn't be allowed to rebuild in those places unless something to mitigate what the hell caused the damage be done? Um, right. I mean, like at the very least, you need to have building standards that anticipate the kinds of problems that happen in that area and say, okay, you're going to build there. You have to build something that will handle a 20 foot storm surge and 200 mile an hour winds and blah, 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 and come out fine. Like I've seen in certain places, for example, where um, after some of this stuff has happened, right? The house is built. You're like, well, your house has to be built on basically stilts that are like, I don't know how high in order to make sure that they could handle, you know, this kind of storm surge. It happens because it will happen. What exactly you would need in terms of standards would differ. Right. You know, the the wildfire areas are going to have different building requirements than the earthquake areas are going to have different than the, 
different requirements than hurricanes. And for that matter, in Tornado Alley, right? You know, all of these places potentially have different sorts of requirements for what's actually safe to build. But the point is, you know, do you actually make those requirements or do you just let people do essentially whatever the fuck they want I mean, and I then deal know. with these disasters? And, and the thing is that it, it, it's like, and, and a lot of these people, it, you know, in some places, for example, especially down here, a lot of people that we're talking about are people that have some kind of vacation home or retirement home. Mm-hmm. They chose to live here. Okay. Um, and, and then they, they have chosen to build, like, I, I, I can't remember which storm that hit the keys several years back, destroyed the home of somebody I know of. Okay. okay. Somebody I, I, I know. And it was basically, they, they, it, it, this house was on a canal in the keys and it was basically a trailer home. And right. it, it, it is so known that this place was so dangerous that no insurance company would underwrite the risk. Yeah, because basically, bottom line, you know, the next storm that comes through, it's going to be destroyed. End of story. Right. It's just a matter of time. But a lot matter of, of time. people got federal aid to be able to rebuild their homes. Right. And and that's the and that's the thing where I'm just like, man. Well, you and, know, and you, you almost want to at that kind of say, okay, fine. You'll get aid to go find yourself housing somewhere else. Now, I know that in Puerto Rico, that had, had that had been done. Mm-hmm. Um, but even those programs are very, uh, bureaucratic. Yeah. Um, take a long time. I know that there are certain people that got that aid to be able to move from houses that were flood prone. Um, and they had received the aid. So they moved out, but five years after hurricane Maria, they were still not being able, haven't been able to move out. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you have to say these places are not inhabitable unless like and you put those conditions, whatever they are. And, you know, you you compensate people for their land, do whatever you need to do. But, you know, in the end, like it doesn't make sense to keep building in places that are very vulnerable yeah. Again, in, in, unless you take like massive mitigation efforts, right? You know, yeah. you, you build a huge seawall, you you build out of whatever materials, you do stilts, all the stuff. Speaking you of seawalls, speaking of yeah. seawalls. So, uh, you know, I had mentioned years back that, and, and, well, I, I, okay, this, this, okay, I, 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 I know personally the 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 guy who was designing these seawalls uh, for the Army Corps of Engineers, you know, for... that There were just... There are some right now that are being proposed in order to mitigate flooding and climate change and, you know, what were... And these kind of events, like, just happened over in in the west coast of Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, the one thing is that it it was in the news or whatever, and that that, that his frustration right now is he's gone out and studied what has been done in the low countries in Europe, okay, Mm -hmm. to mitigate this kind of risk, okay? One fucking problem that they don't have over there right now with any of this is that if you look at the walls themselves, what they built, they're not really attractive. (laughs) They are just meant to keep the fucking water out. Right. So you can live. Okay. 
And so uh, a, a, a press release came out here and some stuff or whatever announcing a program in order to help with some of the stuff with the areas of downtown Miami. And well, they're just concrete walls. And everybody was like, ew, but they're ugly. And he's like, his frustration is like, do you want to be underwater like this in the next effing hurricane? Or do you want me to fix the problem? Mm-hmm. Well, we should have more mangroves. And I'm like, look, everybody hates the mangroves. They stink. Yeah, they want mangroves. Oh, yeah, let's make it more natural. There's only so much you can do. You can't build more beach. A lot of, People don't understand that a lot of the beach, especially Miami Beach, is not real beach. Right. It's artificial. And then part of it is it's a mitigation to flood as well. Okay. So um, it's people have to get used to that. That's the fucking solution. That's the one that works. That's the one that people in countries in, in Europe, where there's a lot of places that live below sea level, that's what they have done. And it doesn't look pretty, but it fucking works. And with climate changes going on, either you get fucking used to it, or you're not going to be living where the hell you're living. Right. Period. So, and some places, like those barrier islands, most likely, you can't build all the shit that we've been building on them anymore. Right, and and those, and it's not uh, just the Florida barrier islands. We've had no, this bar- bar- or barrier islands. East Coast barrier islands, almost by definition, are temporary and constantly moving. Like Correct. It, you know, th- th- it's it's like you know the hurricane comes in. And, you know, some of the satellite pictures we've seen already, places where there was, it was one island, now it's two, because two. a big channel has been cut right through the middle of it. Yep. Um, and over time, if you compare maps of now versus 100 years ago, these things move. Yep. You know, it, it's like, yeah, and it's like, okay, fine. Put like, again, put a park on it or something. You know, have a nice little, you can visit, but like putting, you know, putting houses there probably doesn't make sense, you know, unless you know right up front, okay, this is a temporary structure. It's going to last 10 years and then we'll build a new one and you go in with that to begin with. But those kind of structures, that's fine for like the bathrooms at a park. It's not fine for a place where people are going to live. That's correct. So anyway, um, and, and and by the way, that you know, it caused huge amounts of destruction in Florida. They're still trying to be understood. Uh, it, it it curved back around and hit the Carolinas as well. Uh, there's some, some damage, even some deaths there, but uh, obviously it was much weaker by the time it got there. Uh, I, as of we're when we're recording now, it's dissipated over Virginia or something like that. So it's done. Um, I don't know anything else to say about it. Ah, oh, I, I do feel really bad for all these people that are, are. Yeah, I mean, you you can have the comments about, well, you should have left, but, you know, it doesn't mean they, I feel good about it. I it mean, did, they didn't. And there are lots of people who are screwed. And for whatever reason, they didn't pay attention. They didn't have the information. They really felt like they couldn't, whether or not you think that's legitimate. They felt like they couldn't afford it, whatever. People stayed and a lot of them 
are not okay. And even the people who left, by the way, <laughs> there are tons of people who. Well, they're kind of stuck because they're where their place is gone. Yeah. They have nothing to come back to. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, but at least, you know, you're not dead. Yes. It's always a plus. Yeah. By the way, this year in Florida, I, I was just, I found the article. Let's just pull up. Uh, we have had six property insurance companies go 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 under this year, and that's good, right? Oh yeah, and we're still fucking playing games with this shit. Uh, it's just... Now, what, the other thing that they did is that they made that uh, they they. They did something where they said that no companies could now, oh, wait, 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 well, you know, we know what happened right now with the storm. Nobody can cancel anybody's insurance. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, the problem right now is you know, they're all going, you know, got so many belling up. Either you fix the problem, you can't just, you know, the problem is reinsurance. The state needs to take, a, you know, need to find a way to be able to, to, get affordable reinsurance Mm. and the state needs to figure out how to do that somehow. And there are a couple of ways that it could do it by buying it in bulk, distributing more risk instead of like, what are the problems that we've got is that we've got too many small companies pulverizing the risk across too many damn companies. And so one company gets, gets, gets hammered with, with, you know, with claims and then they go under the other problem that we've got is a problem with, uh, uh, it, it just the the law and how it allows to have roof claims and how it's how it's created like a big loophole where people are just claiming to insurance companies to get them a new roof even though they really shouldn't be getting a new roof from the insurance company and um how there is i, I think i heard lately that I can't remember when I heard this, but that the significant majority of insurance litigation in the United States is concentrated in Florida. And that doesn't make any sense Hmm. that that, that we have this. And and there are actions that the governor could take in terms of what is, you know, you, you could restrict litigation on these things. But our governor has chosen not to do anything. About this. And so this is what we have right now. So anyway, we'll see if I've got fucking insurance next year for for, for <laughs> this place. I know that I, I, I was budgeting for our condo association for next year. And, you know, my, our insurance broker, so our annual bill for the, the, the entire property is around two, a little under $250,000 a year. He basically told me to budget 300000 I was like, Jesus Christ, for real? And a couple of years ago, we were paying less than $150,000 a year. So it's it's a big hit to our pocketbook. So. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Okay. uh, Let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll do international stuff. We got... uh, like I said, we, we we got Italy, we got Russia, we got Iran, we got Ukraine, we got the UK. I don't know if we'll actually hit all of those countries, or maybe we'll think of some other countries besides those to talk about. Uh, but we're going to talk about whatever we talk about. 
after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening and the best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, we are back. Mute button thing. Mute button. Mute button. You'd think by this time you'd be used to it. Ah, well. You know, um, I, I was just all of a sudden I, I realized I, I this is my favorite promo. Uh, the, the Ray Lynch you know. one, yeah. Well, first yeah. of all, because I do like the mute, I do love his music. So, uh, I mean, I I'm the one that picked this song. Uh, yes, the, many many years ago, many 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 eons in the ago, in the had, college you know, radio version of the show, yes. well before the podcast. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And um, you know, I, I I was thinking about have we ever afforded this promo to them to listen to? Oh yeah, we, I went back and forth with his wife like a okay. dozen times, like adjusting it until until we were both really. happy. I think I was re- yes. I was re- I, I, okay. I, I I think I was remembering that. Yes. Yeah, so so she so she okay. So Ray got got it. So he R- Ray heard the promo. Ray's wife heard the promo. Ray's wife had input into the promo as I okay. went back and forth on several drafts of it. Uh, yes, she liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's a great promo. I mean, it's a fantastic promo. So yeah, okay, all right, cool. No, I, just I, I thought you know, thing. you know, I spent a decent amount of time on that promo when we did it because you know, for those of you who haven't been listening the whole history, like you know, we used this music for years without permission, right? Um, you know, but it was we this podcast was. I mean, it's still tiny, but it was much yeah. tinier 
then. It was like, you know, we would be lucky if we had 20 downloads in a week. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 That um, was gangbusters. Week. We, we went years with like, how lucky if we had 10. Yeah. Um, lucky now, we had 10. Yes. Now, uh, now we're only averaging 50 or so, but you know, whatever. It's a um, lot, not a lot more. Sometimes, some yeah. time periods are bigger, smaller. Yeah. And, and, you know, and but we, we, we had a period where we had decided we were going to do some advertising and see how that worked. But before we did that, we we're like, you know, we can't like, we can't be advertising this unless we have permission. So we actually reached out to Ray Lynch and his wife manages all his business affairs and they were very nice about it. And, yes. and they're like, yeah, sure. We we'd love to just, just make sure every once in a while you credit us and tell people how to get the music and stuff like that. And, uh, incredibly nice people, you know, and, yes. And, yes. and, uh, and, uh, you know, cause we were worried, like, are they going to make us like pay a bunch of money or are they going to like tell us to take down all our old shows? Cause they don't want the music on there blah, because blah, blah, they blah. have been upset with others using their music, uh, yes. without permission. So we, we knew that that, that had been an issue and, and, you know, I, and, and we did not want to, you know, we, we did not want to do that. And, you know, I really like Ray as a as an artist. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I mean, I really wanted to make sure he was okay with it. So reached out to him and him and his wife, and they were more than gracious, you know, allowing us to use their, their music and, you know, give us permission to, to yeah. do so. So, yeah. So, so thank th you. So thank you, Ray Lynch. Thank you. I forget her name, but thank Kathleen. you, Ray Lynch. Kathleen, 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 Kathleen Lynch. Kathleen, yes. Kathleen. Kathleen. Uh, thank you, Ray and Kathleen, uh, in case you're listening, actually. But uh, yeah, uh, good good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and before you said that, I had been reminded of something else to say before the international stuff, but now I've completely forgotten. So because we're over 50 years old, this is shit that happens now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, you know. Hey. So what country yeah. do you want to start with? Uh, you want to start with the UK because the UK sure. looks like it's a lot of fun right now. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you know, the, the queen died. We had a new prime minister and, and a new uh, king and a new king, new king. Yep. Uh, so how, how, how thing, what has been happening aside from the queen and king and all that kind of stuff, what has actually been happening? Cause I, I've heard specifically economically, like there's been stuff going on in the UK. What's going well, on is okay, different than what, what's going what on everywhere else in the world. For, first, well, a very simple thing. Liz Trust comes in and is like, well, I've got the answer to the UK's economic problems right now. And it's called Reaganomics. <laughs> and so we're going to cut the taxes to the wealthy. And we're going to subsidize energy for everybody. And we're just going to explode the deficit. Now, look. <laughs> uh, inflation has been soaring in, 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 in the UK more than even in other places. Because of Brexit. Okay. Wait, was... Has Brexit not like worked out wonderfully for everybody? I thought no. you know it was going to cause like right all now, kinds of benefits. Showing blah, blah, to blah. be a, a a complete and utter disaster for the UK at this point. Which just to say, a a, a bunch of people were like, "This is exactly what's going to happen." But uh, yeah, 
Um, it's caused so much bureaucracy. It's caused the prices for a lot of things in the UK to soar. It's caused shortages of many things. Uh, it, it, it has caused uh, labor shortages for certain things because they depended on certain you know, labor that was imported in order to do certain things. It is, it is, this is turning into a complete economic catastrophe for the UK. And so what happened was at the moment that she said that we're opening the floodgates to, to just bar, you know, go on a borrowing binge. Uh, the, 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 the pound plummeted. Okay. And so, but and the problem is that because they have been disconnected from the European economy, now this pound plummet means that inflation is soaring because the UK imports so much of its stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest problem. It's like, you know, you, if you borrow a lot, look, it's a very simple supply and demand problem. You're going to go out and borrow a lot of money. That means the treasury is going to print a lot more money. We're already in an inflationary environment. Supply and demand of dollars means that if there is if there is a lot more pounds floating around there, that means that the price of each pound is going to go down. Simple. Especially when the economy is not growing. And so that's that, that's what you've got right now with this. And it was a complete self-inflicted wound because she had a lot of paths to follow. And this is just a crazy path that she chose. And that decided that she's not backing down. And very quickly, what's happened is that recent polls have shown that if an election were called right now, the conservatives would lose in a historic landslide and the and this is not that far removed from boris johnson having called an election and won a big majority right but right now oh the, these polls have moved dramatically just within oh. the last few weeks oh like, yeah it, it's a complete collapse and you know most of the Benefit is going to the Labor Party, yeah. Uh, who in some of these polls are showing like well, you know, over fifty percent. And, and you know, when we say over fifty percent in the U.S., we've got a two-party system. The third parties are minor and insignificant. Uh, you've you've got more in the U.K. So like, it's actually been a while since a party has received an outright majority in popular vote, etc. Now, having said all this, no, but the Tories were polling only twenty-five percent. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, no, it's, were, it's, it's, it's a it's a collapse of epic proportions right it, now. It, it's a very rapid collapse in a very short period of time. Having said that, they don't need to call an election. They don't need for to, a long uh, time. Here's, but here's the other problem that they've got right now. They don't think. She, listen, they don't think she's going to survive either. Right now, they they said that right now, as prime minister, by the way, as prime not, minister, not, yes, not not like not her, like yeah, not like that she's going to be dead. No, no, right, as prime minister, that it's very clear that she's going to get a vote of no confidence very quickly, and that this government will collapse 
in in incre- with incredible speed. And that she might be the shortest ever. I looked up the list. She might be the shortest ever serving prime minister. So the the current list, I've got it up right now. Um, She obviously is the shortest right now. She's been in office 26 days. Uh, The next shortest was 119 days. Um, That was George Koenig, uh, who was, it's like, (laughs) who? Who? Uh, They were prime minister in 1827. Right. For, you know, a hundred days or whatever. Um, you know, I cannot say I am familiar with him or I with the issues of not that. I'm familiar with, with any of those people <laughs> on the list. Um, yeah. So, it, 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 but that would be a, a you know, sh- surely she can like last a hundred days. Come on. Like she can pull out of this, right? Man, I mean, this is a crisis of epic proportions. Look, the 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 central bank of the UK, it, it, things got so unstable in the debt markets and the currency markets for the UK. They had to make a massive intervention in the market in order to to avert a financial catastrophe last week. That's how bad this is right now. Um. And a lot of people went to her and said, listen, you have to just say, forget it. This plan is bullshit. We're not going to do it. And she, the other day, went and gave a speech and was doubling and tripling down on it. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that, uh, I don't think she, it, 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 I, I really think it's a very high possibility she doesn't make it to the end of the year. And then we have this whole repeat like of the conservatives picking another person because, again, they do not have to call a general election. Correct. Right. So and I, I forget how long they've got, but it's like close to two years or something till they have to call a general election. And so it would be the conservatives it's say, bo- OK, again. It's what? Well, one of the options that people are throwing out was Boris again. <laughs> well, and then the, and then there were those other people who ran against Liz, right? There were four or yeah. five candidates, and you know uh, she ended up on top. And but you know the thing is, though, it's unclear to me that some of the other candidates wouldn't have been doing similar stuff anyway. I mean, right. but. You know, now obviously, if you did have the leadership crisis and she stepped down, and then the other person came in, and blah blah blah, you'd think they'd start out by okay, we're we're going to try something different this time. Yeah, you know? I would say but, that would be my plan A. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, this this room, yeah, it's it's really hard to like say like after such a short period of time, half of which was the damn queen's funeral. Um, that, cause, cause you gotta think like out of those 26 days, 10 were, you know, the official period of mourning for the queen or whatever. So really she's been there two weeks. Yeah. Like really? 
<laughs> you know? I know. I know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, the, there's, I feel like actually collapsing further and going to an, a whole, uh, you, one thing you got to keep in mind though, remember how long it took to replace Boris after it was clear he was out. If it takes that long again, we're we're already close to the 119 days of Mr. George Caning from yeah the 1800s. 200, 200. Yeah. No, 119. Oh, I thought you said 219. No, 119 for George Caning. Oh, so we might so we're, we're maybe close again. Okay. Cuz okay. cuz it took like what what? It took like 3 months to replace Boris after he said he was leaving. Yeah, 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 it took a couple of months. Yeah, so <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's been that. Well, it's a shit show. Okay, it's a shit show. They took a, they took a shit show. She took a shit show that was bad. It was a mess and made it worse. Congratulations. Good job. Which you know, frankly, it seems like that's what the last couple of prime ministers have done as well. Yep. Each of, each each of them has succeeded in taking a situation that was bad and making it worse. Well, oh God, who was the name of the lady that was before Boris? Uh, what's her name? Uh, May. Yes, Theresa May. Theresa May. Well, she actually was trying to make the best of the fucking Brexit thing in the deal, and what kept happening was, you know, that that there was just no way to satisfy all the parties, and one of those was, um, you know. Boris Johnson himself. And so, um, you know, and that's why she quit because she's like, look, this whole thing is just unworkable. And you guys don't like any of the deals I have cut. You go fucking figure it out then. I mean, but she tried to do work with the shit that she got. And then Boris came in. And made a deal that was a disaster in the end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's pulling it through and saying, yeah, 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 you know, it's going to be better for everybody, blah, 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 you know. And, um, well, and I saw, I I saw one of the things that was mentioned, you know, the whole, the whole Brexit thing, what, you know, one of the things was reducing immigration and their proposals in the last few weeks that say, hey, in order to fix some of this economic stuff, we need more immigrants. Right. It's like <laughs> you're, you're and, and of course, you want more more independence from from Europe. And OK, I guess you got some of that. But a lot of things you're following their rules anyway, uh, still. And then right. there was the whole like, you're gonna have. here's the worst thing. They have to follow the rules and have no input on them like right, right. now. Right. Yeah. Right. And then they were like, oh, but we'll make us this deal with the U.S. to make up for it. And the U.S. is sort of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? You're you're too small for us to worry about, which, of right. course, you know. We're dealing with other problems like China. You know, get the fuck away from us. Well, and I, and I, and I say that. And, and no, we don't because we actually do stuff with them. But the thing is that their main economic relationship was with the was with the EU. Right. That, that 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 was the main driver and everything, you know, the whole point, 
as to why you had the economic union. Was it because in the end, it cut costs for a lot of things? Because you didn't have to have multiple rules to have to do stuff. You reduced customs barriers. You reduced immigration barriers. And it made the economy grow stronger and better, and they would benefit from it. Then they said, I don't know how the hell they convinced everybody, no bullshit, the EU has hurt us, we've been screwed, It's a, uh, we'll be better off without it. And so far, you know, everybody said, you guys are crazy. It's not true. That's not what's going to happen. It's going to cost you more. Everything's going to be worse. You're going to have more red tape. And, you know, but the thing is that they sold Brexit like it was the best of both worlds. Oh, we'll keep everything, but without having to commit to anything. And that's just, that was a lie. Okay, let's let's move on to another country. Uh, how about uh, Burkina Faso? I have no idea what the fuck is going on in Burkina Faso. What the fuck? Uh, is going on? There, there was a coup this week. But I, I don't know much more than that either. I'm not an expert in the country. I know nothing, but I just thought I'd throw I mean, it I, I have, I, I, you know, in years past, I have discussed a lot of things about Burkina Faso. I'm going to say that it, it, was a, it was discussed heavily when I was in my Model UN time in high school. <laughs> That, that was a few I, years I, ago. That was quite a few years ago. I, I can't say that I um that I that I know much about what the hell's going on right now at Burkina Faso. Yeah, so apparently there was a coup taking over from somebody else who was a military mil, military leader who took over eight months ago. And I probably should know more, but I don't, sorry. But there was okay. a coup in Burkina Faso. Okay, now maybe Let's quickly do Italy, and then we'll talk about, you know, Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. Italy, there was an election. Far-right person won. Yep. I, I've seen some people dispute, well, just how far-right is she? But she seems to be like, you know, a, an Orban-type authority. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, people have said, look, she's got this reputation because the party she is from had its roots as a neo-fascist party, an openly neo-fascist party. Yes. She'd said things, some, she's said some things along those lines over time. But on the other hand, it's Italy. She's going to be in a coalition with a lot of other people. You know, Italian governments don't tend to last that long. Well, I think that, How much that's damage the one, could well, she really do. Well, that's yeah. the one that I think is the most important, which is Italian governments don't tend to last long. And that's, that's, that's a constant. And so, um, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, it, that's, that now, I, now, is the key. Now the things that people talk about that are sort of of concern for those of us who don't like sort of the tendency of the, the Trumpies of the world and the Orbans of the world and all of that kind of stuff, highly nationalist, highly yep. sort of Italy first yep. you know, to, to be similar to America first and all that, um, you know, not respectful of inter- international re- uh, institutions pretty much, yep. Yep. Uh, very much sort of traditional family, anti-gay, anti-immigrant, all of this kind of stuff. Um, th- th- those are the bits that are disturbing, right? Yep. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. And that's and, what I've read, basically, yes. And so the question is, you know, what what actually happens? And so, you know, I, I've heard two takes on this. One is the sort of, eh, look, because of all these things, she can't do all that much. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. Like, yes, okay, it's the most right-wing party to have won in Italy since World War II. But, you know, eh, it's still, you know, it, 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 it's not, it's not going to be that much out of the ordinary. Um, and then other people saying, come on, this is part of a global trend where these kinds of, you know, right-wing nationalist people who uh are what what what's the word they use they are um uh, um not illicit um they 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 look for they use the word democracy to describe what they're doing but they're very much after systematically destroying the institutions that are what we think of as a liberal democracy, not in the left, right American spectrum sense of the word liberal, but where, you know, you respect the rule of law, you respect uh, institutions, you expect all of this kind of stuff. Uh, It's, it's part of that trend. And you've got that movement growing in strength in many countries around the world, uh, not least of which our own with Donald Trump and his whole movement. Well, so, but, but let's be clear. I mean, one thing is, you know, I know we've still struggling with the rise in that, but also at the same time, you know, we cleaned our clocks in the last election. Okay. And, 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 and even like right now where they should be doing better in, in some ways, because how certain election trends were supposed to favor them, even if they, they're, they're, they're not doing as well as they uh, as they would would be. I think that a lot of things are turning the tide against them. Look what's happened with them in 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 the UK. I, I you know there is this thing that is happening with a lot of these like right now. What's happened with the UK with this whole the final straw, the financial fiasco that the Tories dragged the country into is almost like the same part of the same shit that the conservatives are doing in the US by. Oh, we finally we finally were able to take down Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. And then everybody looked at it and it's like, oh shit, these guys are just, just destructive. Fuck them. And and I think that that's the thing that just happened in the UK where they've let the Tories go, oh yeah, yeah, they're the they're the business people, they're whatever, whatnot, until finally they basically just have wrecked the economy to such a point that you know they're they they've 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 done it to themselves and look at putin with his bullshit he said today you know it's just well you're talking about authoritative across the board let's just say that he's not having a good he's not having a good go of it right now so let's move on to that uh so passing along from idiot 
idiot. Idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and I'll, I'll, let me just say also, you, you mentioned in briefly sort of trends in the U.S. as well. We're not talking about this week, but I'm sure with only like five weeks left to the election, we're going to be talking to lots of U.S. politics, lots of U.S. polls, blah, 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 over the next few weeks. Right. In the meantime, in the meantime, um, so first of all, Ukraine is continuing to go badly for Russia. Um, right. Yeah, we had mentioned that after this big Ukrainian offensive, they were pausing a little bit. That pause appears to have ended. They're making uh, additional forward progress. They just they just took over an important strategic town that was being used as a transportation hub by the Russians in the last 24 hours or so. Um, and, you know, the, the Ukrainians are still making forward progress. I mean, there's still a long way to go before we're talking about, ooh, they're taking back all of everything, and they're even going to Crimea, we're, we're, we're a long, long way from that. But they're making forward progress, and it seems to be continuing, and the Russians seem to not be doing have anything. Of, they, they don't have answers. They don't have any effective response. They're, they're just retreating and dying. Um, you know, I, I will say, uh, before we hit the Russian internal stuff, I, I made what I, at this point, I think was a mistake. I, I, I read... Uh, back and forth of someone who was posting um, text message threads they were having with Ukrainian soldiers on the front lines Mm -hmm. um, that were extremely explicit about what they were seeing in terms of dead and dying Russians. Okay. Now the point of this was the Russians were absolutely getting slaughtered. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it it brought it brought to mind to me the reality of like we we have this sort of antiseptic view of like here are the maps and who's in charge of what and the Russians are the enemy. So go kill them or whatever. But, you know, this story had, you know, like some poor Russian soldier who was mortally wounded and trying to pull themselves crawling across the battlefield and crying for their mother and stuff like that. These are real people dying. And, you know, many of which do not want to be there, especially with uh, Putin's increasing, like, you know, whatever they're calling the recruitment, the draft, the whatever of people. And so, like, it's always like a huge tragedy. Like these wars, like, you know, of course, some of the Russians are, you know, war criminals and, of course, the the Ukrainians are justified in taking back their land, et cetera. But, you know, it's still a mass slaughter. Like huge numbers of people are dying on all sides. You do want to get to the end of this as soon as possible. But you have to get to the end of it in a way that makes sense and is just in some way at the same time. But um, anyway, the, Look, uh, Putin, that, that, this is, listen, Putin today well, we have signed the annexation, or what well, wasn't today, but this week. Yeah, uh, we have signed the annexation of these territories. As you can see, want to be want to be part of Russia. Well, I am open now to Ukraine talking with us about peace. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's like, "Are you fucking kidding?" I mean, the bottom line, I mean, and we talked about this when the Russians retreated from the north of the country and what was left behind. And you saw like what they had done to the civilian population of those towns and cities that the Ukrainians kicked them out of. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I read a, a fairly long article this week as well about like somebody was writing about how wars end. And yes. one of the things that they said can extend conflicts for a significant amount of time is if you end up in a situation where one of the two sides simply cannot trust the other side at all to ever hold a deal of any sort. Yeah, correct. And, or, or where they see like th- with these kinds of war crimes where, and, and we talked about this on the show a few months ago, whereas you cannot cede and say, okay, you can have the territory because you see what they've done to the people in the territories they had. And you know that that is essentially giving up huge parts of your population to horrible death and oppression and X, Y, Z. And so it it almost takes that off the table. It's like, of course, Zelensky can't decide to deal with Putin. You know, and one, one of the things Zelensky said in response to that today was, we would be happy to talk to Russia once Russia has new leaders. Yeah, but I, I think that unless there is serious negotiations, this is ridiculous. And you can't have a serious negotiation with somebody that right after they decided, oh, I've officially and legally declared all of this that was yours, mine. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not even dispute. Oh, oh I it, say it's mine. Yvonne, they had an election. They voted 98 oh, that's that right. they want to be part of Russia. That's right. They had that election. Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Free and fair elections. Yes. Which, by the way, like they didn't even pretend. They had soldiers coming around to people's houses with the ballots, with their guns in their hand, saying, here, vote. Not a secret ballot or anything. I don't even understand why they would go through that. Why don't they they just print them up? Already voted. Yeah. Yes. Why why did they buy it? Why you would print them up? Just, uh, just, just, Just make up a result sheet and say, hey, look, here. Well, they probably did that anyway, right? I mean, why would you waste your time counting? Right, so they only did a few of these, right. So they only went and, like, did a few propaganda shots or, like, you know, people voting, right, that that, that just a- added up the number they wanted. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. A- anyway, like, so the, the bottom line of what's going on in the on the ground in Ukraine is the Ukrainians are continuing to win. They're right. continuing to take back territory. The the city that I mentioned that the Ukrainians took back in the last 24 or 48 hours w- is on the territory of the part right. that Putin is claiming he annexed. Yeah, exactly. Correct. You know, Putin doesn't even have control over that territory that he's claiming to annex. Um, so because they are losing in Ukraine, things are getting more and more desperate in Russia. They're doing, they did the annexation thing. They uh, are doing this draft. Um, they, and then this week, as you alluded to earlier in the show, there's been lots of talk about, hey, maybe we should use nukes. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's obviously a concern. It, you know, when you were re- talking about that article about how wars end, right, and what the the outcome is, and uh, I mean that, yeah, obviously that is a concern. Um, but most people are discounting it. But it's a concern. 
I mean, you know, they are, you know, they have all kinds of nuclear weapons, including tactical nuclear weapons. And and by the way, since we referenced it, it's how the war in Ukraine might end. It was in The New Yorker um, by, let's see, who is the author of this piece? Tell you in a second. Uh, By Keith Gesson published on September 29th. And uh, earlier in the show, I referenced some other article and forgot to give the quote for it, uh, the, the reference apologies. That's because you're terrible. You're off. I, I'm terrible. I'm off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Um, anyway. And, and so also there seem to be cracks like showing up, like there have been people on Russian media talking about, how things are bad right now and how it's not going well, which is something you did not hear weeks or months ago. Now, having said that, some of those people are saying the reaction to that, they're, they're some of the ones saying, Hey, we should go nuke them now and saying they are not saying we were wrong to go in Ukraine, but they are apparently saying Putin's not handling this. Well, maybe somebody else could handle it better. Oh, okay. Now, which brings up one people talk about, well, maybe Putin falls at some point. And of course, like what you want to hear is, okay, Putin falls and then somebody reasonable comes in and immediately pulls out of Ukraine, blah, blah, blah. It's actually just as likely that someone even more hardline than Putin comes in, (laughs) you know? So the, it, 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 well, I I don't know. Look, I, I think that whoever comes in, right. At after Putin is going to have to try to keep people happy to some extent. Okay. Well, it, and, it, and, and, it, you know, and, and once Putin falls, I think if, if Putin, once, if, if, and if, <laughs> well, and if he, he falls, there is a win. I, I think, mean, eventually no, the man's no, going to die, but yeah, it may but, take but another if, few well, decades. But but if he falls without without dying, I mean, in in sometime in the near future, obviously, what people are gonna people are gonna be emboldened. In in and so because right now under Putin, they have been scared at going against him. And so if he somehow he has managed to be knocked off, it's going to embolden people. This doesn't create a a simple situation where well, a, a lot of this to, could just come of, in and just pick up and just say, oh, yeah, you know, we're doubling down on the war. No, well, as a matter of fact, it may force him into the office and say, shit, I got to end this. I got to put fucking, you know. Uh, food on people's mouths and i gotta make sure that i've got an airline industry in this country that is about to fucking completely fall apart because we don't have spare parts and everybody's pissed off that food is through the roof and that they can't go anywhere in the fucking world because we've been banned everywhere and shit like that i gotta do something to fix some of this shit oh oh yes and and that reminds me of course we've seen lots of scenes of huge lines of russians trying to leave the country in various ways right um but yeah, it, it all depends on the details of how it plays out, right? Yes. But, you know, one of the ways that dictators often end up finally leaving is when they lose wars. Yeah. Um, and, the, and so if 
Putin continues to lose here, he gets weaker and weaker internally. Like I said, there are people criticizing him openly on Russian television. That has not happened before in this way. Right. Um, now, how that plays out, I don't know. Um, but also, the thing is, this is where the people get scared about nukes and everything. Because oh, if yeah. you are backing him into a corner, like the the worse he is losing in Ukraine. Oh, and by the way, when I say he is losing, one of the other things that's been reported in the last week is apparently a significant opponent, apparently a significant amount of the time, Putin's not even going through his military leadership. He's giving direct orders to people on the ground in Ukraine about specific maneuvers. Okay. Can, uh, can I tell you that uh, history has shown us that do we remember President Johnson? Yes. Not well. I was thinking more Hitler. He uh, did him that. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's never this just very generally well. doesn't go. You know, leaders micromanaging their military to the minutia level, not just hey, you know, we have this overall high level objective, but instead actually like getting in there and deciding which troops you're going to put in what area and how you're going to move these guys around and blah, blah, blah. That almost never works out. No, no, it doesn't work out well at all. No. And so apparently Putin's doing that. Um, but anyway, the point is if you're backing him into a corner, this is where people get scared about the nukes, where if they're, if it looks like it's just not working, they're losing left and right. And it looks like we're, you know, we're getting in a position where everything that they gained after February has been lost. And maybe the Ukrainians are even pushing into territory that was taken before February, blah, blah, blah. Um, then does Putin get desperate and decide, okay, the way out of this is to use some tactical nukes. And, and or we're going to... We're going to double down and Ukraine is getting supplied out of Poland. We're going to attack Poland or wherever. Fuck it. We'll do the war with NATO as sort of the way to, you know, you're losing. So you escalate. Well, I don't think that any of that will go very well for anybody. Yeah. I, I mean, way back near the beginning of this, I said, I feel like if Putin tried to push the nuclear button, that's when somebody else in his leadership would take him out one way or another. Like, you know, we said last week, you know, it doesn't have to be you shoot him in the head or toss him out a window. It could just be you stick him in prison or in a, you know, stick him in a doctor somewhere. Yeah. But like that, that, when you get to a certain point where you're doubling down on failure and you're doing something that is likely to get your ass kicked even more, maybe that's when somebody takes action and makes sure he's not the one giving orders anymore. Yeah, that would be prudent. And the the, ar the article I mentioned about you know how wars end, one of the things it mentioned is that you know the really the the dictators that have super total control over everything and you mentioned this last week with like Saddam and stuff um you know they can take the loss 
and sort of force everybody to pretend it didn't happen. Right. And just keep on going. Yes. But while Putin's level of control is high, it's not that high. Yeah. And that's sort of the danger zone. Yeah. Well, ah, it's uh, to be Putin right now. Let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, want to be him ever. Yeah. That, it, it, even if he comes out on top in the end, like this is like he, the, somebody in a position like his can never like sleep calmly. Right. There's nope. always the possibility nope. that someone is after you. Someone's yep. going to take you out. So, oh, yeah. you know, you, you, in that position, you have to constantly be guarding against everybody. Completely. You can't trust yep. anybody. And that leads to some of these behaviors that you see when you, you you sort of, because you can't trust anybody, you make decisions that wouldn't make sense otherwise. And, you know, months ago we talked about, you know, you're, you're also making bad decisions because people are afraid to tell you the truth. And so they, they tell you like, of course, everything's going well. Of course, our troops are strong and blah, blah, blah. And it's all bullshit because they're afraid to tell you the truth. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one more country. I just wanted to say um, in Iran, the protests are continuing. We've heard a bit less about them because they've also been cracking down on internet, but uh, they're, you know, it seems to be more significant than every, anything we've seen in many, many, many years. There are whole towns that were taken over by protesters. There have been massive crackdowns. There have been lots of people killed. There have been lots of people taken to jail. Um, and one important difference, uh, which we may have mentioned the other week, but you know, the, the, the trigger of this was protesting about these morality police. But the protests are not just saying, you know, no more hijab. The protests are saying no more Islamic Republic. And that makes it so much more dangerous for the regime there. Uh, and it means that, that you know, they are going to crack down further. And I, I feel like the amount that we've been hearing about this, they've been somewhat successful in closing down the communications and yeah, you because know, I'm hearing bits and pieces here and there, but it doesn't feel like I'm hearing the full picture. Uh, you know, and so I don't know, it seems like there's a lot going on there. We don't know how it's going to turn out yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we said last week, you know, most of the time here in the end, the, the dictators crack down and things continue as they were, uh, rather than, you know, the, the glorious revolution and suddenly everybody's more enlightened. No, that's not how it works. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, you know, if you're if you're pessimistic about things, then when things do go well, you can be pleasantly surprised. It, it seems like you're as opposed to if you're optimistic and you're constantly disappointed. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Okay. Okay. Uh, any other countries you want to talk about, Yvonne? Or are we done? Uh, I I think we're done. Okay. Well, hey, everybody, there we are at the end of the show again. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, you, you, know, you know the deal. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, yeah, cough, <coughs> cough into the microphone. 
Was that uh, good? Oh, God. No. <laughs> no. A- anyway, go to curmudgeons-corner.com. You will see all of our archives. You will see how to get in contact with us, Facebook, Twitter, email, blah, blah, blah. And um, also you will find a link to our Patreon where you can give us money. Give us money. Money is good. Like, you know, you consider giving us a hundred thousand dollars or 200 or $200,000 or maybe we we could do like a pledge drive kind of thing where every episode we keep talking until we get a certain amount of money. Right. Of course, the problem with that is we pre-record these and put them out later. How about, you know, or I'll do what what was, who was the, who was the guy that uh, went on TV and said that unless he got X number of donations, he said that God was going to call him home. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember one of those TV preacher guys. Yeah. Yeah. You you think, you think people will give me a couple of billion dollars if I say that? Yeah. No. No. Anyway, help with the expenses of the show and uh, all that. Um, And it, at two dollar, yeah, I should say, at various levels, we'll give you a postcard, a mug, mention you on the show, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. At two dollars a month or more, or if you just contact us and ask us nicely, you will be invited to our Commudgeons Corner Slack, which is a nice little chat room where Yvonne and I share links. Well, Yvonne and I and some of our listeners, uh, where we share links, news stories, chat about what's going on in the world, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've said blah, blah, blah too many times in the last yes. couple of minutes. But so Yvonne, as yes. you usually do, pick one thing we have talked about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack in the last week that we have not mentioned on the show that will be so compelling and enticing that people will want to join us there. Oh, man. One thing. One thing. One, one, one thing, one thing, one thing. <laughs> oh, no good ones this week, Yvonne. To find one thing. I actually, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm stalling here. I got a couple of options here. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, I think that. The one that I'm going to mention is about this Barney documentary. I thought you might pick that one. Yeah. So, Tell us about uh, that one. So I don't know. I haven't watched it, but there was a there was a link. Well, it, you you, you can't have watched it, it yet. It, it it premieres August 12th on Peacock. It's well, called August I 12th. Love. Well, August 12th. No, August on, October but... October. It, okay. it premieres on October 12th on Peacock. It's I Love You, You Hate Me. It's a docu-series about the dark side of Barney, but not like the fake dark side. Like 20 20 years ago, whatever, when Barney was new, when Yvonne and I were in college, there were a lot of people making up shit about Barney, about how, you know, Barney's a pedophile, Barney does this, whatever. Barney was an evil influence. And this documentary is apparently how, to some people, this was not just a a joke of like, hey, let's do some satire of Barney. But they really took it seriously and were like threatening violence against the people who created the show and stuff. It's like a QAnon for, but, you know, uh, against Barney, basically. Right? Yeah. It, it, I mean, that's what it sounded like. Now, I, I will say that I hated Barney. 
But it wasn't because of any of this stuff. What happened was that, uh, I don't know, I had my nephews who had been staying at our house for a while because my sister sold our house. And they played Barney all day, every day. And I was just like, oh, my God, please, I don't want to hear another fucking Barney. Look, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of that was it. That was my that was my only beef with Barney. There were a lot of people who were above like Barney, Barney and Friends. For anybody who doesn't know, it was a kids show targeted at like preschool level. Okay, it's it's targeted at like five years and below. Okay, and so there were a lot of people, teenagers, college kids, adults, whatever, who thought the show was stupid or did not like it in the way you did or like I didn't mind the show but I thought it was funny when people made up like you know stories about Barney actually being evil it was like humorous haha like no big deal but apparently like I said you know there are like here, it, it, just a quote from a People magazine article about this. Uh, it's new Barney docu series, blah blah blah, by K- Kelly Wynn, published September twenty eighth. Um, the hatred for the show wasn't confined to rumors. Bob West, another performer who played the jolly purple dinosaur, detailed death threats against his entire family. There were, they were violent and explicit. Death and dismemberment of my family, he recounted. They were going to come and find me and they were going to kill me. Um, and all kinds of stuff about this, about like, you know, the, the people involved in the show were like... A, literally afraid for their lives it wasn't just like funny jokey stuff about like barney satire uh you know people were really unhinged apparently yvonne hold on oh well yvonne just texted me that he lost me so and so I get to wrap up on my own. I think we were done anyway. No, no, no yelling at me. Hold on. So, uh, yeah, watch the Barney thing. It sounds like it'll be interesting. Um, in the meantime, hey, everybody, have a great week. You know, have fun, but not too much fun. Uh, stay safe. That There are at least some signs that we may be starting a... Uh, a fall wave of COVID, but not really yet. And still deaths are really low, but catching it is still bad, even if you're only sick. So yeah, just, just be safe. And uh, with that, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Uh, now, now, now Alex, yell, yell. If you want to yell your channel, now's your chance. Alex. What? If you want to yell your channel, now's the chance. Oh. Subscribe to Alex Hemsworth if you like it. I'm currently watching 290 FNAF episode Scary 13 Violently Twitch. It was recorded in Everett. It was it has four views. It was published on June 26th, 2021. Okay. And its description is more FNAF with Dad and Alex. There we go. Dad oh. read the wiki for Night 4 last night, <sighs> but he does it again dramatically. 
Then they try out the advice on the wiki, which works or does it. Recorded 2016-09-2021, and the game was Five Nights at Freddy's from 2014, and it's in the gaming category, and the show more button shows nothing more as zero likes, zero dislikes made. And we're done. Good. And we're done. Done, 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 done. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Bye.